Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Tuesday, the 4th of May, 2021. And wherever you are in the world, I trust you've had a great start to the working week and looking forward to building and taking advantage of that momentum that you are building towards those results to become sustainable, but also replicable. And in the process, taking your sales leadership to the exceptional level. Now, before we start, as as a reminder up front, do it something different today. If you've been listening to the podcast, there's a call to action every single episode that I put on because I am continuing to look for sales leaders who are committed uh, to taking their sales leadership to the exceptional level. And these are the guys that know there is another level of performance to get to. And they're looking for more meaning, more money, but also better sales results that become sustainable and replicable for their team. So if that's you, love to have a chat to you, love to work with you one-on-one and help you do that over the next 90 days. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits you and we'll sit down and have a conversation about what that program looks like, what you're looking to achieve, what exceptional means to you, and we'll get up and running as early as this week on your path to becoming that exceptional sales leader that you know you are destined to become. So uh, do yourself a favor and jump on and let's have a conversation and uh, work together one-on-one. Love to help you in your quest to become exceptional. So on today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that um, it's... uh, Like most of the topics I talk about, they're very, very relevant based on things that are happening in and around uh, the business world right now, but also the sporting world and and often uh, individually around what's happening in my world as well. And uh, this this has all come to bear over the last week in particular because I run a number of sporting teams up here in the Macedon Ranges, but I'm not going to talk about those specifically. But um, I was thinking about this over the last 24 hours about selfishness versus selflessness. And uh, I wanted to talk about this in the context of sport, but also in the context of business and particularly sales teams in business. And uh, if we are as leaders going to be exceptional, we need to build a culture that is pretty much underpinned, not only by trust, but uh, a really heavy focus and commitment to selflessness not selfishness, and there's a massive, massive difference. Now, when we look at this, there are so many parallels between sport and business, especially when it comes to teams. And when we analyze it, high-performing elite sporting teams in particular, these are the teams who consistently remain on top of their game. And they're the ones who have individuals who are fully invested in what they call the squad mentality. Yes, they're going to have some individual exceptional players but they don't get ahead of themselves and what they're looking for and what they focus on is the contribution that they can make to the team and they know that it's the teamwork that will make the dream work, sorry about the cliche, versus the individual accolades that they're there to create as part of that particular team. And when they do this, what they start to create is a really, really solid, almost impenetrable uh, force that is very, very difficult to beat. Now, you've heard the term, I've probably heard the term that a team of champions will very often get beaten by a champion team. And this happens time and time again. Now, if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm a football, AFL football tragic and that I am an avid supporter and a long-suffering member of the Melbourne Football Club. Now, uh, historically, they haven't won a premiership since 1964. But as we sit here right now on the 4th of May, 
They've won their first seven games of the year, which is unheard of, and I don't think has happened since something like 2005, if not longer. Um, and what what I'm starting to see, and this is where I want to draw the parallels, and, and look, by no means is Melbourne successful yet because they haven't won anything of note, but they're on a, they're on a path now. And what I'm starting to see within this team is this element of selflessness versus what has been in the team over the last few years is elements of individualism and also selfishness. And so when I've seen, and I've gone to, I think I've gone to five of the first seven games, uh, the two games I didn't go to, they were playing interstate. And what's really notable about the way the team's been playing is that they have been making a contribution to the team. There's been a lot of sacrifices. Yes, they've got some great individual players, but often those individual players get blanketed by opposition, which means it enables another team member of the team to shine and be able to make a bigger contribution on that particular day. So they're really buying into this squad mentality and there's a lot of sacrifices they're making of their own individual games for the betterment of the team. Now, from a Melbourne supporter perspective, it is brilliant to see because it hasn't been done over the last few years. And this is why the feeling about this year is completely different, despite um, a few injuries that are starting to creep in. Now, look, we haven't won anything yet. It's only seven games in, but the, the signs are really, really positive. A team I do want to actually use as a prime example of this selflessness is the Richmond Footy Club. Now, um, I've got a lot of friends and colleagues who are Richmond uh, supporters and avid Richmond supporters, and it's great to see them being able to achieve some success over the last few years. In fact, they've won three of the last four AFL premierships, and their team is a prime example of this selflessness and a team squad mentality with all players on the same team. Now, again, they've got some great players, individual players within their team and the, and probably the best player in the league sits with the Richmond Footy Club, a guy called Dustin Martin who's not only a Brownlow medalist, he's won three Norm Smith medals in the three premierships that Richmond have won. But what's really interesting about Dustin Martin is that he is not he doesn't talk about himself, he doesn't pump his own tyres up, he's not interested really in talking about the Norm Smith or the Brownlow medal. He is fully, fully invested in the team. In fact, to the point where uh, at last year's grand final, I think I talked about this in the uh, just the, in a podcast after the grand final last last year, when he was awarded the Norm Smith Medal, he actually took the medal off and replaced it just with his premiership medal because he didn't want to separate himself from his teammates and he didn't want all the accolades to come to him and in the process have himself elevated above the team. Now, despite all of the commentators, despite all the reporters wanting to ask him copious amounts of questions about how good he thinks he is and how what he's what he's done to get to that level. He would always deflect it and bring it back to team, team first, team first, squad first. And this is why he is so loved by his teammates. And that's why the Richmond supporters absolutely love Dustin Martin. And for other team supporters, just I just have to look at him in awe in terms of what he does and the contribution he makes. And the thing about him is he works so hard off the ball as well. It's not about all the things he does when he has the footy. It's the stuff he does when he doesn't have the football that brings his other teammates into the game. And it's a classic example and a perfect example of what we're talking about in terms of selflessness. Now, what's intriguing is when I go into sales teams and work with them, often I find some lone wolves in, in sales teams. Now, I've, I've had some lone wolves in my sales teams in the day as well. Uh, individuals that are more focused on chasing glory and not necessarily focused on the team. Now, this is, this is a challenge for a lot of sales leaders. And as sales leaders, if we're going to create a really great, uh, great platform for future growth, a great platform for exponential growth, and a great culture, then we've got to start creating an environment where lone wolves are actually removed from the environment because they are the ones that will be the fly in the ointment 
that will dissipate culture down to the point where it will always be me first, team second, not team first, me second. And hey, as I said, there's a number of examples of, of people have, in my sales teams over the years where all they're focused in on is what am I going to get in terms of commission opportunities? When I don't get the opportunity, it's all about me. Uh, they're not looking for the opportunities to create something and contribute something to the team, nor are they looking for opportunities to coach and mentor and be a shining example to other people. And it's a classic example of individuals chasing glory versus how can the team chase glory. In other words, they were demonstrating selfishness rather than selflessness. Now, that begs the question, what are the differences that we should be looking for as a sales leader in relation to individuals within the team who are selfish versus individuals in the team who are trying to create a level of selflessness? Around. And I've just written down a few differences between the two. So uh, these are pretty common sense based, pretty uh, self-explanatory, but it's something to really look at and hone in on as a sales leader, that if you've got a sales team that's not necessarily performing at the level that you would want it to be, or you think it's capable of being, just have a think about some of these things and analyze the individuals within your team and think about, well, do I have some of these individuals who perhaps are demonstrating a level of selfishness around their behavior? versus ones that are demonstrating the selflessness. And we want to be able to create an environment where more and more people within the team are encouraged to think about being selfless versus selfish. And I guarantee when we do that, our results will take off and you will be very, very, very well looked after. So let's look at the differences between the two. First of all, selfish. The selfish person tends to be more focused on individual performance and individual accolades and what sort of recognition they can get. Hence my reference earlier to the lone wolf. They often become the lone wolf and not necessarily wanting to be involved in team-based activities, nor are they necessarily wanting to be sharing ideas that would help the team because they sometimes think that that would be diminishing their position within the team, which is really, really, really weird. And I've seen this happen. A lot of people think that if I give information away, if I share information, then I don't have anything that differentiates myself against my internal team members, which is really weird because... You're playing a protection game there where there's nothing really to protect. So they, they focus on individual performance. Now, the selfless person is 100% bought into focusing on team performance and group recognition. They don't care about their individual accolades. They think about how can we actually get the team to perform at a high level and therefore how can the team get a great level of recognition. The selfish person will look for what they can get from the team to elevate them even higher. And this is where sometimes they will do things that belittles others. They sometimes become critical of others. And as I said in the first point, they sometimes will protect uh, information and hold information to them and not share that information because it's a way of elevating themselves above their internal competition or what they see as their internal competition. The selfless person, on the other hand, is simply looking for, okay, how can I best serve my team? How can I contribute to the team and how can I help my team elevate above the external competition? So it's about the contribution they can make the team, not what they can get from the team, which is a massive, massive difference. The selfish person can sometimes also become quite critical of teammates because they've created that internal competition that can can sometimes be really, really intense. They become really critical of teammates when things don't go so well. Now, they will say it's actually feedback, but in most cases, it is criticism, nothing more, nothing less than simple criticism when things don't go well. And what they also want to do is create some intense internal competition within the team, which unfortunately will start to diminish teamwork. Uh, It'll mean that others will be 
quite uh, nervous potentially around them, won't want to be sharing as much uh, as perhaps they, they would want to normally in a team-based environment. And therefore, the whole level of performance of the team starts to drop. But also, even more importantly than that, there's a lack of consistency that happens within the team performance because people potentially are now walking around on eggshells looking after their own interests and not necessarily focusing on the team. Now, there's some things around selfishness. Now, on the flip side, the selfless individual, as we've already said, they'll focus on team performance, look at how they can contribute to the team. They're also constantly providing and receiving feedback and encouraging improvement. The selfless people are feedback machines. Now, they start that by seeking feedback. As we've always talked about, they become feedback-seeking machines first and through that create an environment where feedback now becomes demanded. Now, whether they're a leader or whether they're an individual contributor within a team, the selfless individual will always be looking for opportunities to improve. Therefore, they need to get feedback on what's working and what's not working so well. But also, therefore, they're in a much better position because they've built that great relationship because they've been seeking feedback. They are now in a much stronger position to be able to provide feedback. So they actually underpin a feedback culture, which only serves to improve the whole team's performance. Not only that, but also the whole team's morale because feedback is, is hey, it is literally the breakfast of champions. The selfless people also create a healthy internal competition uh, amongst their team that only enhances and improves teamwork. And this is fed from the feedback that's coming. It's always looking for, okay, what did you do well? How can we improve even 1%, 2%, 3%? That will move the uh, team forward. That will create a new platform, a new benchmark, a new foundation for even better improvement. And so there's a constant and never-ending cycle of performance that in, improves and therefore learning new things, getting feedback and taking it to a whole new level. And of course, when all that is in place, the final thing that happens is there's a level of consistency but also sustainability in team performance. And if you look at, uh, again, going back to clubs like Richmond, that over the last four or five years, there's been this sustainability in performance, irrespective of who the people are who are playing in a particular day. They might have had a lot of injuries, but the performance of the team is consistent and it's maintained at a really high level, which becomes sustainable. Why? Because every single player on the Richmond Football Club list knows the role they play, knows where they fit into the puzzle, and knows specifically what they can do to make a contribution to the team so that the team wins. And this is why great teams like Richmond are the ones that are going to be sustainably successful. And this is also why that the great sales teams can become sustainable as well, because they've built a culture. And this comes from the sales leader. We build a culture which is sustainable, but it's based on what the contributions are that the team can make to the team as individuals, not what the individual can get from the team. So it is purely based on a selfless attitude and a selfless approach versus a selfish approach and there's a massive difference. So I trust that message helps. If you're a sales leader right now who perhaps is not getting the results in your team that you were hoping for or at least you think your team is capable of, then sit down and have a look at the individuals within the team and ask yourself some questions around, all right, do I have some individuals who perhaps are behaving a little bit selfishly, uh, asking questions about what's in it for them uh, or do you have people within your team who are always making it about the team and looking at what contributions they can make to the team? By asking some questions, just observing and being curious about what your team's doing and how they're behaving and how they're acting, what sort of language they're using, you can very quickly determine which ones are more selfish versus which ones are more selfless. Now, key point here is we need to build more selflessness into a team environment and that will underpin success and remove as much as we possibly can the selfish elements because until we do that, I'm afraid to say that the performance will always be hampered 
uh, from being able to achieve its maximum potential. So get rid of as much as you can the selfish elements of your team and you'll find that your results will exponentially take off once you've done that. Now, that may be a challenging uh, challenging exercise or challenging challenge for you as a sales leader because often the selfish people are also one of the highest performing people. So it's very difficult for a sales leader to remove people who are doing, for all intents and purposes, a really great job from a numbers perspective, but not necessarily bringing it to the table in terms of the contribution to the team. So something to think about. So with that, hope that message makes sense. Hope that adds value to you and your sales team. And I hope that helps you along your path to being an exceptional sales leader. So again, reminder, if you'd like to work together, jump on my calendar, leadwithdarren.com. Look forward to having that conversation. And of course, look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.